This podcast contains discussions about mental health and may contain discussions about suicide and self-harm. If you or somebody that you know is experiencing distress or is in immediate danger, dial triple O or call Lifeline on 131114 or Beyond Blue on 1300 224636. Also, if you believe that someone you love is experiencing a mental health issue, please encourage them to go and talk to their GP as soon as possible. Thanks very much for listening. Hello folks, Adam here from How You Going Mate. Uh, welcome to episode 5 of the How You Going Mate podcast. Uh, before we tell you who's the guest this week, uh, a big thank you to everybody who's left feedback for us over the past um, past couple of weeks uh, in regards to the podcast. It's been incredible. Uh, we had a really fantastic result with the last podcast, uh, over 100 listens to uh, Eliza's uh, Spice Girls story. So thank you everyone who listened and commented and gave us feedback. Big thank you to uh, Anthony for your fantastic review on iTunes. And, and folks, we'd love to see more of those reviews. Uh, feel free to drop by and uh, tell us what you think of the podcast. Uh, and of course, uh, leave leave us some stars. That would be fantastic. The other thing I would say to you as well is please share the podcast. If you like what you hear, uh, share it with your friends, share it via your social media media channels. Uh, we're now on Instagram. The How You Going Mate Instagram page is uh, set up and advertising and operating. Uh, and of course, uh, we've got our Facebook page. We'd love for you to get over there. We're over 800 listeners on the Facebook page now, so it's a really fantastic result for us there as well. Uh, our intention is to get to uh, 1,000 listeners by a thousand uh, followers on Facebook by the end of the year, and uh, continue to build these listeners that we're getting a week in week out. Uh, now, episode five of the podcast. Uh, of course, when we started the podcast, the, uh, the whole intention was to have uh, incredibly uh, authentic and genuine conversations about mental health. And uh, my guest this week is a, is a very old friend of mine, uh, a man I've known for over ten years. Uh, who is a I count him as a friend. I count him as a mentor, uh, a collaborator. Uh, we've done a number of things together. He's, uh, as I say, in, uh, I describe in the podcast, he's a person that had a, um, an incredible effect on my life. But he was uh, kind and generous and gracious enough to come on to our podcast and uh, tell us and 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 give us some insight into, uh, I guess, what it takes to um, be in the public eye, uh, but of course uh, also uh, live with. Uh, some significant mental health conditions and how uh, sometimes what you see in terms of this uh, bright, open, gregarious uh, personality isn't necessarily always uh, what's happening behind the scenes. And of course, uh, as we always say, we all wear masks to a certain extent and nobody ever truly knows what anyone's going through. But uh, this is an incredible podcast. It's um, it's very, very open, very honest, an unflinching look at uh, mental health uh, and um, and and the ideas that uh, surround us in terms of mental health. Uh, before we go on, though, as my guest is Mr. Steve Wisby, and uh, I'd love to give a plug to his restaurant, which is in Camden, uh, which is called Upstairs at Fred's. And Upstairs at Fred's is in Argyle Street, situated in the old Whiteman's building. Uh, it has an enormous sweeping veranda out the front that overlooks the main drag of uh, Camden, and, of course, a very distinctive interior. Uh, it was a dream of uh, Steve and his partner, Mandy, and uh, that dream has come to life uh, with 
Uh, what I think, it, well, it's an award-winning. It's the uh, won the recent local business award for the best restaurant in Camden, and uh, I think it's a fantastic uh, venue. So if you get a chance, go over and, and, and see Steve and have a meal upstairs at Fred's. Uh, but without further ado, uh, let's uh, have a chat to our next guest. And of course, as we uh, always say, let's just ask that simple question. Steve Wisby, how are you going, mate? Mate, it's, uh, <laughs> how are you going? Oh, look, I'm, we, we both agreed off air that we're as nervous as shit. This is really, uh, well, t- this is really interesting. Uh, see, that, that's one of the things that I think with um, anxiety, I don't, oh, anxiety, I don't think people believe that some people get nervous. No, I, not at all. I, 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 they look at you and see you as this, especially when, what, what, what's that thing about um, public speaking? People would rather be dead yeah. than speak in public. And you, you see that so often, at you and I, as MCs, and when we do gigs, when you hand the microphone to someone and they're like shaking and they're holding the microphone and go, oh, I don't I know I've got to say something, but mm. I don't know what to say. I don't want to say something. I don't. So when they see someone that eloquently or otherwise gets up and is totally comfortable with a microphone in their hand in front of people, they they think, "Wow, oh, I wish I could do that." Yeah, those people must be infallible. They must be amazing. They must be able to. Yeah, you know, it's it's just he not, must be some kind of Superman. It's not true though. No. Because I'm just like everybody else, but yeah. I, I find it every single time, and that's um, one of those things that I, I people just can't understand that I'm nervous, mm. you know. And I was nervous. Look, I'm nervous too because, and I'll be honest, because I, I, I took this on with you because you're a mate. I intend to be totally open and honest and transparent with everything as I try to be, but you know, knowing that you'll be talking about things that I may not have shared with people before mm. or I may not have talked about. Um, I'm nervous because, you know, I'm, I, I do tend to wear my heart on my sleeve and I, I, I don't feel comfortable. Um, <laughs> I don't have the microphone in my hand telling people what I want to tell them. You're in control. And so oh, no, 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 no. This is this is your story. <laughs> this is your story. You tell as little or as much as you want. Yeah, well, you know, I, I I promised myself that when it came to this and your project, that I'd I'd tell it as it is because um, I trust you. I appreciate that, and and that mate, you know, my um, I've been listening to a lot of Wayne Schwass lately. And uh, Wayne Schwoss, for people who heard me mention him before, I think he's a um, former of a- AFL football and runs an organisation called Pucker Up. And um, Wayne Schwoss is all about men being emotionally connected, emotionally engaged and emotionally expressive. You know, really talking about what's going on for them, what they're experiencing, being... And and, and the pucker in Pucker Up, P-U-K-A, is the spelling, is um, uh, authentic. It's a Hindi word for authentic and genuine. And that's the whole point of this podcast it's we want to do the same sort of thing we want to have these conversations and we've had great feedback already where people are talking about starting to open up about their mental health we're getting really incredible feedback from people really incredible messages from people i don't expect to get messages from that uh, people saying you know this is how i'm feeling this is what i'm doing this is what i'm going through this is what i've experienced and you know my story and part of the reason i'll tell you the very from the very jump I was looking into recovery lately and um, 
doing some stuff around a model called the Chime model, which is connection, uh, hope, identity, meaning, or purpose, and, and empowerment. And I say to a lot, and I don't think I've ever said this to you, um, I say to a lot of people that a big part of my recovery was when I started spooking. And I, I can still remember the day you walked up to me and said, how do you feel about learning the, uh, the dark art of retail spruiking? I said, what do I have to do? And you said, look, mate, it's fine, it's fine. I'll give you a microphone, I'll give you a speaker box. All you've got to do is stand, I'll give you some, some words to say. All you've got to do is stand out at the front of the shop and say it again. It's 25% off everything, Adam. 25% off. The entire range has got to go. If you like me, folks, you like to. And um, so I've often thought of doing an entire podcast. Yeah, that's right, folks. This is Adam from How Are You Going, Mate? Um, but I got something. The first time I did it, I got a huge rush out of it. Yeah. And it was a big buzz. And I'd found something I was good at. And I didn't know I was good at it. I didn't even know I could do it. I didn't even know it was a. Th- I knew it was a thing. Yes, but I knew. <laughs> See, that's that's the thing. I knew. The only reason, and and there's been a few people in my life that I've actually um, picked out. I've realised, and particularly in the last few months, it was a rebirth for me because I didn't. As I said, I didn't know I could talk, and I'd had people tell me I'd had a good voice. And I had people say, oh, you should be on radio, all that sort of rubbish. You do. You have a very <laughs> sexy voice. <laughs> I just, I tell people now, I just do a Steve Wisby impersonation. <laughs> yeah, that's right, folks. Come on in. Have a little bit of a look around. <laughs> Hello, mate. Good to see you. <laughs> but, um, but, and, and, and it helped. And then, and part of it was then what I used to watch you at the, um, and we're talking about this sort of off air. I used to watch you at the, the, the balls and the different functions we'd have at work. And I'd like, I want to do that. I want to do that. And it's created this new identity for me. It's created this pathway that's led to community radio and podcasting and the job I do now, which is training. It's given me a different identity I didn't even know I could have. Yeah, but I I do think, though, you just need... Like, we all need someone in our life that can see things that we can't see. Because... When you when you when you think about our personalities, um, and, and we are very similar in a lot of things, there there are certain things that aren't unlocked until someone comes with a key and goes, yep. "Mate, I see this in you." Or look with the training, um, you know, you're affable, you're fun, you're friendly. You know, to, to be able to then stand in front of someone, it may not have been something that you saw that you could do at the time, but on a one-on-one conversation, you can delve into people and you can connect. Yep. And so all of a sudden, having the microphone in your hand and dealing with dickheads and <laughs> working in a shopping centre where half the people don't want to hear you, but when you do, do actually see the result. Look, for instance, and I don't know if we, we've probably talked about this in the past, but I think Goldmark's KPIs for us, for for me as a company, we had to turn over something like, it was $1,500 or $2,000 per hour that the spruikers were there. Yeah. So when you're out at a shopping centre and you're booked for three or four hours, the spruikers that continued to work were turning over the 2000 whatever an hour. Yeah. So I would have to go at the end of the night and, and for myself even, um, you know, Right, sign off the sheet and say, yeah, we did those KPIs. Yeah. And then they'd come back to me and go, well, the spruik you had at Burwood was this, the spruik you had at Penrith was this, the spruik... 
and it was like you know like it was it was hard work because yeah. not everyone performed yeah um but then you consistently made friends with people talked to people got people inside yeah. made jokes about girls and boys walking together well look um you know, and I'd, I would hear these things where you'd be like, you look like you're in love. <laughs> you, need to, you need to bring this lady inside and buy her something special. You know, like, but just doing it differently than it's yeah. all got to go. It's all got. I wasn't yelling. At, we weren't yelling at people and screaming at people. We were, there was, it was, there was a different level of connection, which I think made that business work for me. And also work for you because then it gave you that ability to go. You know what? I can stand up in front of a crowd and I can, I can do anything. Mm. And, and yeah, confidence. The confidence then it reinstilled a sense of hope because I was, you start to see there's a different pathway in life and that you could do things. And we were talking off air as well about the nervousness and the anxiety that we feel, and then we overcompensate for that. But I, I also say to my daughter as well, we have these discussions. She's a teenager and she talks about me not understanding what's expected in terms of, <laughs> Dad, you know, you've got to look a certain way. And I was like, sweetheart, you've always had to look a certain way. And I go, darling, I, I was never the best looking dude in the room. That's why I became the loudest dude in the room and the funniest dude in the room. Because women never, I never walked in and women went, oh, I just had to become the funny guy. I want him. <laughs> oh, my God. God, he's a dream. I had to become the funny guy. Well, <clears throat> see, I, I look. I, I might have been hot when I was younger. I, I look back. Mate, now I've seen some photos. You, yeah. you were good. But no, I look. I, I feel the same way too because um, personality was always um, at the forefront. I like. I would always, and, and this sounds that cheesy kind of thing, but I would always look at the most beautiful girl in the room or whatever and think, why not? Like I could have crack. Why not? Yeah. And I would go be line. I would be line. She could have been taller than me. Whatever. Like yeah. you know how some people have this thing. Like oh, she's so beautiful, but she's tall. Who cares? I'm going up. She's beautiful and she's tall. I'm a midget. <laughs> and you know what? As far as I'm concerned, I've got a shot. And then I would try to charm or. Yep. But then. Whether that became me looking for significance, like prior to all yeah. of these things, what was I? What was I looking for? Yeah. Because that became a thing for me very early. Like very early on, I was uh, I, I was enamoured by women, and I wanted to be a woman. Like I was saying, you want to, to be men, a woman? Was, that's honesty. <laughs> sorry, I, 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 I should have, shouldn't have stopped there. Um, but I was actually saying to Mandy the other day, it was funny because I didn't, um, I wasn't very sporty at school and so I used to hang out with all the girls playing elastics and then I realised that hanging out with the girls was great because all their boyfriends were playing soccer and footy and whatever else and I was getting to know the girls yep. and like um, a lot of my gay mates were in the same thing but they were getting to know the girls because they wanted to be the girls hmm. I was getting to know the girls because I wanted to be with the girls yeah, exactly so it was very interesting because in those primary school years and early high school years, and thing like hanging with the girls was the way to go. If they like you and trust you, and mate, you're in with the girls, mm. you know. So for me, that was very much uh, my focus in my younger days because I thought I've got nothing else. I've got no muscles. <laughs> I'm not, I don't have a 17 inch penis. 
I've got, I've got, <laughs> I've got nothing really but personality. So um, over sixteen's a waste anyway. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> Trust you, me, I know. You, I was going to say you tell me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the uh, the very first Peter's joke. Yes. on how you game my podcast. Yes. Well, <laughs> you should have you should have expected that. I should have had you on earlier. Um, so. The question that I have asked a couple of people on this podcast, and it's really interesting, um, it is a mental health podcast, um, what what does mental health mean to you? What do you think of when you think of mental health? Me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, it's... Um, and this is why I said to you too, like, I, um, I don't like to speak about stuff. I'm a man. <laughs> um, I have... Um, I have continually suffered from mental health issues. Um, look, it, it, it's one of those. It's one of those things that um, we as men, and, and I know with your podcasts, and mm. I, I know um, with a lot of my mates and stuff like that too, that we we don't talk about these things, and that's that's a shame um, because I'm a talker. So, like, I talk about everything. I love to talk about rude things and fun things, and talk about other people. I don't want, I don't want to talk about me. Mm. I don't want to share that. I spend days in bed, or I've spent weeks in bed. I don't want to. I don't want to share the issues that I've had with, you know, significant relationships where I've been medicated or gone and seen a psychiatrist or seen a. Um, a therapist, or or talk to people about the issues that I ha- that I have. I don't I don't want to do that because you know I want to be the person out there that is smiling and laughing and giving to other people. So it, it's it's even worse, I think, for those people. And I don't know if we're in a category or whatever, but I think it's I think it's very hard because you. Um, are uplifted by those around you and the community around you and all that other stuff that, you know, you're Steve Wisby. You're Steve Wisby. Mate, I'm just a f***ing normal person like everybody else. And, yes, I have I have a gift. I, be- I believe I have a gift that I believe God's given me a gift. Mm-hmm. You can say the universe or whatever else. Yep. But I-, I believe I have a gift to be able to help others, which I've raised mil- millions of dollars for. Other people, I wish I could raise millions of dollars for me. Well, the intro will say Steve Wisby OAM. Well, <laughs> uh, that can I actually? Can we just stop on that? Like, that was the biggest burden I think I've ever got. Really? Why? Because I didn't deserve it. Bullshit. No, mate, I didn't. Like, Bullshit. Seriously, there's been plenty of other people that have done a lot more than I've done. Let's take it back that, a couple of steps. You, how many, how many millions do you think you've raised? <laughs> Mate, I have. I've, I say this to people all the time. I've watched you, and we used to do a radiator show together at eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night, taking phone calls, taking messages. You with your F Post machine, taking money off people for raffle tickets <laughs> with, my, with my portable with his portable portable F Post machine for portable F Post machine sitting there taking money. Somebody says to you, Steve, we need you to MC a gig. It's no money in it. We're going to get you to come on board. You're the first man to say yes. You, I, I've not yeah, but, met a man that's more passionate about his community. Yeah, but you know what? Like, I, you don't. They sort of that. Look, I, I won't mention. The, I, won't, I won't mention the person. But I think what 
what happened? Um, a leading business person in, when I got the OAM said to me, "Look, you're going to have to change now." I went, "What?" <laughs> and and she said, "Look, you know, you're fun and you you do this and you're a bit out out there and a bit crazy and everything, but." You know, this is a, a, a national honour. This is from the Queen. This is from the... And at the time, I I took it on too much. Like, seriously, my my downhill run with alcohol and depression and everything started from that. Yeah. Like, to, to make it worse from what it normally was. Because I felt this added pressure. I was like... Me, like, sorry, more swearing, and he wants to keep this PG. <laughs> but I, I just could not. I know she was trying to help me. Yeah. Didn't help me at all. No. It was like, you need to change nearly everything about you because you're an OAM. And I'm like, yeah. It, it, it makes no sense to do. I mean, I get where. It makes no sense to do that because why do you change but, but the see, things that have worked for you? It's got you there. <laughs> So this is the thing too. The OAM thing, somebody else you don't even necessarily know nominates you yeah. for whatever reason, right? So, like, it's not even something you can control and you accept it because I love my country and, to like, to have something like yeah. that, it's like that was a shock enough as it was to be nominated and then, you know, the, just this weekend they've just done the awards and I watched other people's awards and I'm, I'm so very excited but these people are freaking rescued dying children from dams and they've you know done this and helicopter pilots that have jumped out of helicopters and saved stranded you know whatever and you, you you go and i felt the same when mandy and i went to the the ceremony um what am i doing here because all of those things that gift there was it wasn't something that i'd actually ever i just did it do you know what i mean so yeah. that added pressure when this lovely um woman told me that i would have to stop swearing and i would have to <laughs> i'd have to do this and i have to behave myself it, it actually it was a it was a trigger that really screwed me up for a quite a quite a bit of time hmm, hmm. so i mean it's 2019 now i think i got it in 2015 or whatever so like <sighs> it's it's been a few years that has that really affected me because I wanted to keep doing what I was doing, but then I just I lost the plot. And it wasn't a losing the plot like ego, like I've got a new AM. It was like mm. it was it was reverse that. I, I I felt very guilty. I felt that it was undeserved. I I I didn't want it. Yeah, I would respectfully disagree with everything you yeah. say, <laughs> and, I, and 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 I, and I just will because I know, as I said, I've watched. The hours you put in, I know. The the afternoons, the evenings you've given up, I know. Oh, I've given up. I've I've given up two marriages. <laughs> so you you got to look at that too, because both yep. of the, both both of those women, yeah, were sick to death. And, and look, different personalities. So we won't go down that path. But different personalities. Where <laughs> you and your marriages um, is another yeah. podcast <laughs> on its own. <laughs> but, but but there were times where. Those relationships were like, what, are you getting paid for this? Yeah. And I was like, well, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm, yeah. I'm not getting paid. Oh, more users. Users using you up. You know, this is family time. You should be with them. And, and so, and, that, and, and that's not, you know, that's 
I can I can understand now how they would have felt. Yeah. We've got young children, whatever yeah. else. Like, uh, and uh, at the time though, I couldn't because it was like you know this kid needs a wheelchair, or this person's dying of cancer, or this people needs this, or the so. But also, too, there were points of that that was me looking for significance because I wanted to be out there doing that because the community was there. Yeah. You were doing that, raising all that money, applause, whatever else, whatever, and and that's where it goes back to the ego. So maybe that's why I didn't want to accept it as the when that came along because there were times where... I was doing it for everyone, but you know what? It also made me feel really good. Like it made me feel I was I felt rewarded by all the good that I was doing. Biologically, scientifically speaking, there is evidence. Well, not evidence. We know when you do something good for somebody, even the smallest thing, holding a door open, smile, telling someone they look nice, it releases oxytocin. It releases the happiness chemical. There is a, a physical reaction oh, in your I body. I must have been off my face. You would well. That and maybe that's what you were doing. Maybe, but but also too, this is the other thing too that that, that people don't see. So, if, if you do, say you do a fundraiser and you raise the money for a, a child that's profoundly um, living with a disability, that um, you know has tubes and a high support wheelchair, yep. and you know, and this kid comes up and you're talking with the kid or you're you know with the parents and you're saying, look, tonight we need to do this for young. You know, and you're doing that. So you do that, and you have a fantastic outcome. You raise the money. They don't understand then that for days after that high of actually raising that money for that family, you are in bed crying because you're feeling gratitude that your family's not like that. Yeah. Or you don't have a child like that. Yeah. And that you've made a difference, but I can't cope with that. I, that that. Absolutely drain the shit out of me. Really, I never knew that. Just it would kill me. What? I don't, I don't know, but I don't know whether the... I don't know whether it was the high of being able to help them, and then after that, it was just like you just go because oh. there's so many too, Adam. Yeah, 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 it's not like you know you do one, and then well. Back in the day, there was probably two or three or four a week I was doing at one stage, something crazy amount. But all these people that you, I I took on, the family love, the the relationships, the people, I, I took this massive burden that I had to help. And then I found it incredibly difficult after the fact to come down and... You know, rather than just being thankful and full of gratitude that we yeah. made all that money, I, I was just a mess nearly yeah. every time, and that was all the time. So I haven't spoken about that to anyone, but probably Mandy. Like, I mean, you know, I'm sure the, t- the first two wives saw those things and may not necessarily have linked them together or understood it. Yeah, or wanted to understand no, it because I was just a prick that was not spending time at home and giving all my my time. And not bringing money into the family, but giving all my time away to other <laughs> no, other users, thousands of dollars, other people yeah. got to make money out of that. Um, but you know, it's um, it's something that Mandy and I have talked about because it's it's it's, it's it still happens. Like there's yeah. still been times where 
I've done these functions and I'm just I'm shattered after them. Like yeah. you're so elated and excited when you finish, but the next day you wake up and it's done and it's finished. But then you think back, you know, okay, you've affected lives and you've helped people, but it's also too like I don't know, you know, it's um, it's it's extremely hard to empathy. Yeah. Right to actually put your 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 feet in someone else's shoes and walk the mile yeah. with them, take their perspective. If you actually do that in in that, someone there's is there people called empaths or something? Yep. Like yeah. So someone to do that where you actually do that to a point where you probably shouldn't do it they because you should feel just, it. You should just shut off and go. But to actually feel it and to be like, you know, I've walked a mile in your shoes. I, I sometimes just don't cope with it and it mm. takes me a bit to get get back because really um as a, a community um we often pay some sort of lip service to things and i don't i don't i'd seriously personally i'd rather pay lip service actually living it sometimes you know for that time afterwards it's a little difficult to to deal with but yeah, that's. I um, I've had two people that I've done fundraisers for pass away. That's that's um, a that's a killer too. Well, well, in both instances, I knew it was going to happen. Yeah, but it, but no, even, but even then, when yeah. when they go, you sit and think about it, and you think. Yeah, I probably process it a little bit different, and as you were talking about that example of you know, the, say the the kid with the. Uh, the disability and, and the effect it has on you afterwards. I, I've always very much focused on the, the few moments that I've spent in that person's life. I've, I've contributed to their life. I've hopefully made it better, easier, whatever. Um, you know, you touched. I think you mentioned the word gratitude a few times. You know, just and I'm hearing heard a slightly different definition of it, and not so much about you know I've got this nice house, I've got this, I've got that. But one of the one of the ways to look at it is well, well, what went well today, you know, what happened that was good today. Yeah, know? but like it's like we we did the society three eight nine thing, and it was um, what went well was we raised something like eighty thousand dollars. Yeah, and it was or eight, eighty three thousand or whatever. But in a room of people, and that was up to me. Make that money. Make that money. Yeah. Um, and so afterwards, because we. When we do those functions, we usually hear from a parent, um, maybe a, a doctor or a physio that works yep. with the child or works with the family. Yep. Sometimes we hear from the kids. Yep. We have a video presentation and stuff like that. So it is actually about – it's a marketing thing too. Yeah. It's about pulling the heartstrings for the people in the room yeah. so they actually feel it. So yeah. they actually yeah. they want to give. And then I go out and do my thing – and try to squeeze as many dollars out of them because at the end of the day, they've, there's businesses in the room, there's people with money, but the interactions I've had either prior to the event, during the event or whatever, with the family, I, I tend to take it home. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, 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 find, I, I still find it very difficult, you know, at, at, at times. Yeah. Yeah. I, look, and I, I get it. Um, the only similar experience of well 
I, when my daughter was in hospital a couple of years ago, and um, she had brain surgery. People freak out when they say brain surgery, and and really her surgery is very straightforward, very simple, and the recovery was very easy. And ultimately, you know, yes, it's brain surgery. Yes, somebody cut open the back open back of her head, took a bone out of her neck, took some bone out of her skull. It was pretty serious, but she was in hospital for four days. She laid on a lounge for four weeks. She didn't have to walk, learn to walk again, talking and any of that sort of stuff. But being in the special care unit at at, at Randwick Children's Hospital, um, there were babies in there that weren't walking out. There were people in there that were had been in there for two weeks and they couldn't figure out what was wrong with their child. There was a uh, an 18-month-old with type 1 diabetes in the bed next to me. Uh, and to to talk to those people and to hear their stories and then to have you know have them look at me and go I'm really sorry to hear about your daughter and I would say look I don't mean to sound awful but my daughter's walking out of here and she's going to be fine all things go according to plan your child actually I feel bad for you and I would take on a lot of that stuff and but again, I, I process it differently. I didn't go home and necessarily go into any kind of a downward spiral. I went home and just went, how lucky am I? I cried most days in that hospital because this was this really fun, really vibrant place and it was designed for kids. And as I said, there were babies that weren't, they weren't leaving the hospital. They just weren't. Um, but I, for me, it was always just about to be thankful that I had a child that had good health, that would return to good health, pretty simply. Um, and as I said, the, the couple of people that I've done charity gigs for where they've passed away, um, for me, I've always been about, well, I've been able to contribute some way to your life, whatever that looks like. I, I do think you take, I look, I do think I do take that on too and, yeah. and, and accept that, but for whatever reason, it's, um, it's not been good from, a mental health perspective along the lines yeah. um, because with everything else that I've got going on in my mental mind, um, something like that can be a trigger to screw me up. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, uh, uh, I uh, yeah. Uh, mate, I'm, thank you for sharing. I, that's all I can say. I'm happy that you did that. Mm. I know it sounds weird to say I'm happy you did that. But um, it it shows me how much you value our relationship. That that's something that comes out here, and now about a hundred people are going to listen to. I'll need another beverage. <laughs> We're not going to give you more beverages. I've been on air with you when you've had beverages. <laughs> but it's always fun. Yes, it is. And so that's that's another thing too. The the other problem with. Um, mental health issues is self medication. So go, going back to that, yeah. Well, no, it's true. Um, you know, you, you struggle whether it's drugs or alcohol or whatever it is. I mean, there are times where. Um, Jeez, I need to get you and Nathan on a. We might do a podcast, the three of us, one night. <laughs> look, it, 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 it's what's that whole thing? It, it dullens the pain, you know, mm-hmm. like, and 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 that's that's the stupid thing about it because it never makes anything any better. It numbs everything. I, that's the downside to it. it. You can't selectively numb pain. Well, look, like I said with that OAM thing, like, mate, when I started drinking and doing functions, 
Um, but gee, they weren't fun. They were like I was an embarrassment. I yeah. was an embarrassment to myself. Hey, we still had great outcomes. <laughs> but like at the end of the day, there were certain people there that were like, Wiz, what are you doing? Mate, you know, been a bit silly. I had a couple too many. Um, not, a, not a good thing to do. I was, no. I was, I was um, going to implode and I, I think I was going to um, self-sabotage. Mm-hmm. I, I was ready to just totally screw myself up. Um, and I, th- I think, you know, with the help of, of Mandy and with uh, our relationship and with, you know, myself too, it got to a point where I, I just had to say, you know what, I can't keep doing these uh, functions every week because it was honestly, mate, it was um, it was two, three, four a week, whatever, whatever yeah. it was. It was yeah. it, it became quite a crazy amount of functions. Um, whereas now, I think this year alone, I've probably done. Um, I reckon I'll be lucky to have done five, like five. Yeah, which is like for us, it's like. Steve did five functions. <laughs> you know, like what? The, yeah. in, what the hell? In what? A, in a uh, week period? Yeah, or two weeks? Yeah. Where was he? Um, which I, I think took a bit of. Um, I suppose it took a bit of a realization for me to just go stop, because I I, I, I do believe um, that I I probably could have killed myself. So I was just, a, I was a mess. Like, I mean, I was, I was helping everyone else, but I wasn't helping me. Like, me, I was the last. And that's the thing. I'm, I'm thinking about me last. Yeah. So yeah. you've got, you got a business. You've seen, you're seen in, in the area as being a hugely successful businessman. You know, you've got a family. You've got kids. You've got whatever else. And you're still out there, you know, tripping the light fantastic for everybody else. And... um you're just not you're not thinking about you. So the 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 effort to consciously cut back on that was really focusing on you. Yeah, because I was nuts. Seriously, yeah. like it was it was seriously it was killing me. I don't think that um, at the end of the day, if I'd kept up that pace, that I would have been able to. She, she's to creeping continue. in, but what he's done, I've told him he could never have another drink. He's text message, yes, please. Text messaged his lovely partner and said, "Bring me a beer." Oh, so so so, Mandy, will that be a, a triple scotch for Adam? Yeah, let's get one of those in from the upstairs of Fred's bar. Have you been to upstairs? Oh, mate, of Fred's? don't worry, we're what gonna, a fantastic venue. We're going to plug the hell out of this. See, that's that's look. That's the thing. Like I've had a lot of businesses in in Camden, and um, you know they've all been fun, but it also. You know, I've had to spend a lot of time over this, you know, self-searching period, um, and I, and I'll be honest, it's all after the OAM thing, yeah, right? Because I I was falling into a big hole after that. I yeah. like that was just that was that that's it's fortunate that I'm still here because I I hated myself, I hated everybody else. I was just. It it really sounds like you just couldn't cope with that level of accolade. Like, just what, I didn't what want was it? it? I didn't I, like I said. I didn't deserve it. I didn't want it. I didn't ask for it. I didn't ask for it. See, I've asked for a lot of things, <laughs> and when I ask for things, I like to get what I ask for. So I've, from from here on, so from that period on, what have you done to ch- apart from 
cutting back your schedule? What have you done to actually um, start looking after your mental health more? I've, um, I've seen the doctor a number of times. I did go on a, 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 a couple of times with a therapist going on, um, on antidepressants to sort of um, just calm my anxieties because that, yep. that was one of the issues too. People don't realise, like, I don't want to leave the house. Yeah, I don't want to do things. Coming into this restaurant sometimes, if, if, if it's full... Like, I love working here Wednesday, Thursday nights because there's uh, a few people here. I get to talk to people, walk around, have a drink, say hello to people. Yeah. yeah. That's good. You come here on a Saturday night when there's 200-odd people here and it's crazy. I seriously want to run from the place. Yeah. It just – which is bizarre because I've stood in front of thirty or 40,000 people Absolutely. on a microphone and talked to them. Welcome to stadium. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, people, and people would think, you know, you got two hundred people in here, and I am, I'm, I'm vomiting. I'm out the back. I have this thing that came after that. Mandy laughs her head off at it. It's a gag reflux thing. I get this thing when it, when I have a thought. Uh, it could be a thought about. It could be a thought about going on stage. That's another reason why I cut back on the things because I was thinking about doing these performances, and I would start having gag reflux or I would be in the toilet throwing up because I didn't think I could cope and then it's, it was like, you know, someone slaps you in the face and then all of a sudden you're in front of the microphone and it's like, turn it on. <laughs> I'm here. It's okay. It's gone. So it was this psychological thing of get getting over the performance anxiety, um, which I've never had in the bedroom. <laughs> but uh, the, the performance anxiety, um, the gag reflux thing, because... I could have a smell or someone could say something and it would trigger it. And all of a sudden, you wouldn't want... Like, I'd be there going... <laughs> Man, crazy. And so I'm, I'm trying to train my mind to go, like, stop, stop. It's, it's in your mind. It's in your mind. It wasn't real. There's nothing real about it. Yeah. So I, I had to really back off on all that stuff. Same as, you know, what I was saying about, you know, Fred's and, and being... In the restaurant, there were times where there was just so many people there, and everyone, "Hey, Steve," yeah, uh, and you're just feeling this pressure. I'd be out the back throwing up or gagging. Yeah, and Mandy's yeah. going, "Come on, it's okay." There's, you know, like trying to get you through it, but in your mind, what's your mind? You know, your mind's absolutely ripping you to shreds. So, um, it, it did take a, a, a bit of time with uh, medication talking to people and then I suppose also to being honest about things because you don't um, – a lot of times you you um, you portray a certain persona or whatever and you – and like we say with this thing with, with blokes, you know, I'm a bulletproof man, you know, I'm bulletproof. But we're not. We're just yeah. – we're um, extremely um, delicate and – um, human, and so um, we let often others, whether it be through, especially nowadays, I think social media, especially um, what people say, all all that sort of stuff. We don't realise the harm that we do to others mm. through the things that we say, that we write, the the way that we behave. And so, you know, for me, it was very much about trying to get away from those things and sit down and say, like, well, you know, what am I thankful for? What have I got that's good? Why why, why should I 
changed the way I feel about myself and why should I uh, try to reinvent? Because, look, every single thing I've done, I've reinvented myself every single time from being, you know, radio announcer, on TV, um, CD shop owner, furniture shop owner, restaurateur, um, marketing specialist, specialist, the marketing guru, whatever, all those different things too. People have seen me in a different light in every situation. So... It's, it is about reinvention. But that the problem was was always reinventing myself for a different reason for whether it be significance in my own, you know, I wanted to feel special or significant or be applauded or whatever. So mm. you have to spend a lot of time in bed, which I did, depressed, yeah. um, thinking how do I change this because I don't want to leave my family. I don't want to... I don't want it to be over. I don't want to um, to take that step. Yet there have been times where I, I suppose you thought that was a, that was a that was a good enough outcome, which it wasn't. Yeah. So it, it's in yourself. It's it's not only through whether they be um, you know opportunities to seek professional help. Or actually become a little bit stronger in yourself and say, you know what, you can do these things um, and you can change yourself bit by bit. I'm going to tell you two things. Number one, I never want to get that phone call. Yeah, I know. And number two, I'm not emceeing your funeral. No, no eulogy? No. I'll, all right, I will. Yeah. <laughs> I don't wait, I won't, I'll charge you mates rates as well. Yeah, good. good <laughs> um, the days that you can't get out of bed will get you out of bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, always um, my daughter because if I've if I've got my daughter, you know, always um, make sure that yeah I'm up and about to pick her up from school or to have our weekends together. That's always a, a positive. Um, you know, Mandy um, is long suffering and has plenty of times um, give me that encouragement to. To just get up, let's do something, let's go for a walk, let's do something. So, you mm. know, being self employed and having a business that's not operating in normal hours like a normal, you know, like normal. You're not talking nine to five here. No. No. So, I mean, that's also one of those things, too, where you do sometimes need to have a day in bed because it's work. You've worked from, you know, Wednesday to Sunday crazy hours and then yeah, you've done Monday, 100 hours that week Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday you're just you're dead you're physically dead yeah. but um, no a lot of a lot of times it's uh, it's been those sorts of things that um, but also to, I, I suppose I've been listening to a lot of um, different um, um, motivational things and YouTube things to relax and calm and you know just to just relax the mind, like you know, because seriously, like to to do all the things that I've done, it's my my mind's just racing, like it's just it's going all the time. So mm. to actually find something where someone's going like, Steve, relax, listen to the sound of my voice with the raindrops and the wind and the sea breaking behind. Count to three, and slowly you'll. <laughs> 
Like, you know. Mate, keep going. We're going to do another recording. You're going to have a nine-eye? Seriously, I I have only found those sorts of things in the last six months looking on YouTube and Mm. I get to sleep. Like, otherwise, I'm not going to sleep. You come home, you've done everything, but then you're not sleeping. You're thinking, bills, this... Sell the sell the business, keep the business. Oh, do this. Oh, what's the next thing we're going to do? Oh, how do I fix this? Oh, we got this function. You know, it's just mm. constant, constant, constant. You know, so um, I think that overactive mind um, has also needed to be brought in a check too, so that I can actually give myself a break. You I know? suspect it's your, your greatest gift and your biggest burden. I've always admired your brain. Oh, thank you, <laughs> thank you. And you're... Well, it's, no, it's good. It's a, look, it's Mate, done, it's done it right. <laughs> uh, look, you know, there's uh, we talk about um, we talk about it all the time. You know, there's legacy little le- little legacies, and there's probably many more that I'm not aware of. But you know, the German Slam wheelchair basketball competition. You know, that's a great idea. That one. That's yours. But well, I'd sit there with you, and I'd you know hear you just come up with ideas, and I would. I'd get jealous because I'd be like, why doesn't my brain work like that? Like, why can't I just come up with this idea and, and it works? So the problem is too, having all those great ideas is absolutely fantastic, but not having the money to back them all. Yeah. That's, that's, that's another thing. Only being able to do 10% of it. Oh, yeah. mate, seriously, there are so... I, if I could find a fantastic uh, philanthropist backer, mate, there'd be so many things I could do because that was always the thing. We always self... Everything we did, we pretty much self-funded ourselves. It was either from having a... This is the other thing too. People think you live on Easy Street. All the times that we've done things, we've had real jobs. So yeah. you've got your real job, and you save your money in your real job, and then you put your money from your real job into the business idea. Yeah. And then at the same time, you're usually working your real job still. Yeah. While your business idea is taking off. I can off. remember you setting this place up. I can this remember. is crazy. Mandy and I have both worked our full time jobs for. Um, we've been here for nearly five years now, but. We're, for the first three years, we worked our full-time jobs and did this. Mm. You know, and, oh, it's the restaurant. It's the Camden 2019 Restaurant of the Year. Like, big whoopee-doo-dah-doo. That's fantastic, and that's a really nice accolade. We didn't ask for that again, too. I don't yeah. feel so bad about that one because I think it is the best restaurant in Camden. I couldn't, but, couldn't agree more. But, but at the end of the day, they've not seen the blood, sweat, and tears and the, the hours that have gone into that. So... Um, you know, I, I, I just don't think um, we're normal people. I'd like to be normal. Like, mm. I would like to be... I'd like to feel... Because Mandy often laughs and says, didn't you always want to be normal? Mm. And it's just... Not, it's not normal. What is it? It's Steve Wisby. It's, <laughs> it's abnormal. It's, it's abnormal. What's, it, what's normal? Yeah, like, well, I, don't I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, seriously, I would... I just like that... I don't know, it's a funny thing to say, but the the old picket fence company car and a, a steady wage would be nice. But then I've never I've never accepted that for myself anyway. So I don't know. It's I, I don't know if that's something that you juxtaposition and you put over there and go, That is what I would really like, but you know what, I'm over here and I'm a lunatic. <laughs> so like I I I don't know, because it's never been that. And I, I just think that there has to come some time where I can have a break and it can be that and I can just I can shut the mind off a little bit and not be like so freaking. It's like static on a radio. It's all going all at once. 
So the meditation and mindfulness is starting to do that. Hopefully, that has that has helped calm things yeah. down a bit, and it does help me sleep a bit better. But yeah, it's um, it's interesting trying trying those things because I would never I'd be like <laughs> hypnosis meditation. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it, it has it has had some influence in calming a little bit. You know? I, I try and um, I always said I try and practice mindfulness and just being aware of what I'm doing. As I'm doing it, I, I I just think um it does take men and women, but it it does take us a point to uh, come to some realization. Because seriously, I would have never have said that I had mental health issues to anyone. Yeah, I would never have. And you know, I've got really great mates that have gone through things that are a lot worse than what I ever go through. And I think I'm not I'm not like them, and I'm not and and I wouldn't. You know, and the only reason we're having this conversation is because it's you. Because yeah. as far as I'm concerned, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, um, yeah. But it, look, it also it, there, there comes a time in your maturity too that you actually have to accept responsibility for your behaviours and the things that you've done. Where, um, you know, I, I think that I think that comes with with ageing. Maybe there's a saying that you know you the first step to solving a problem is admitting you have a problem now i don't necessarily see this as a problem um you know it's 2019 it's okay to say i'm not doing well it's okay to say i'm sad it's okay to say i'm in pain it's okay to say i'm a bit broken it's okay to say i'm i'm struggling um i feel a bit ashamed i've always tried to call you and keep in contact just to see how you are i've never probed further than how you going, mate? Yep. How are you, mate? Oh, yeah, mate. Good, mate. Good, 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 mate, mate, mate. Um, but I've always tried to, knowing that you've had a couple other tough times and the things that you've gone through, just to touch base and just to let you know that there's yeah, a yeah. voice there at the end of the line. Um, but um, I'm what I want for you, and I said, and I'll say it again. I don't want to get the phone call that says Steve's gone. Hmm. Oh, I just don't want that phone call. No. You know. well, I, I don't want look. I don't want it for me, you know. I don't want it for my family either. But it, it, there, there have been terrible times, and yeah. I, I've got a few mates like you that have had inklings that things aren't right. Same thing, you know. We call up, and I've done the same thing for other friends too, yeah. where it's like, how, how's things? What's going on? But it's very rare that I think that you actually, and, and this is why. I think suicide is always a shock for people. Yeah. Because it's very rare that you're going to say, I am so f***ed up that I cannot see an out. Yeah. You know, and so um, I I think that's a difficult thing where you get to that next level that you actually say, you know, I, 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 I don't see an out. And so, look, with regards to that, with, with, with me and my relationship and everything else with my partner and, you know, um, I suppose it has been something of a, 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 a self-realisation. Yeah. Because you got you, you do, you have all your mates there. You've got lots of mates there. Actually, um, one, of the, one of the things I suppose there was a, a lifeline benefit we did here, which raised a lot of money for Lifeline. There was a guy I know that I like in Camden. It's a really lovely bloke. Got a great business and um, beautiful wife. 
and um, um, we it was a men's luncheon thing. So he'd had a few beers, and he came up to me and he said, "Thank you for doing this." And so at the same time, I'm going through the shit I'm going through and yeah. whatever else. And he was put his arms around me, and we don't really know each other. But he'd had a few beers, and like it was a men's bonding thing. Yeah. And put his arms around me, and he said, oh, "I've lost six mates in the last twelve months," and started crying, yeah. saying how six of his mates that he couldn't understand how they they didn't they had no idea. Yeah. And so, I suppose for me too, that did actually sort of it was a bit of a trigger for me to say. You know what? None of my mates would have a clue either. Like really, yeah. you know that you could actually feel that way that um, you thought all hope was gone, and it's it's the, the silly thing is it's not a um, it's not rational. No, it's not logical. No, you know. So, but that part of your brain doesn't operate when, no. when you're thinking like that. That's no. the thing. So you know, things like that have also helped me to go well you know what that's um you have to take stock and think and you know sometimes too there are certain there there are also toxic people in your life that that cause issues so you have to work out okay how do i move from those people um whether it's past relationships or Mm. whatever else how do i block them get them out of my life or have a lesser a relationship with them um how do i be positive whether it's through the motivation stuff through a yeah. therapist through a psychiatrist through medication like you, you do need to do that but you, you regardless of all the the mates that are banging on the door or ringing you up if you can't do it yourself and you can't come to a point yourself where you actually go i i i need this help or reach out um, you are only going to um, upset everybody else because you're not, they're not going to have any idea when shit does hit the fan. Really. What I want to see in the next six or 12 months with you, and this is not right, I'm going to say this rightly or wrongly, I don't know if this is the right thing to say, I'd love to see you still taking medication. I'd love to see you still doing counselling. I'd love to see you drinking less. <laughs> I'd love... I would... I would love to see over the next 12 months really taking much more positive steps and looking after your mental health, looking after your physical health. Because um, I, I like, I like, I want you around. Mate, I love you. I want you to be here. And I that, love it's, you as, too. it's as simple as I can say it. And I don't want to, and I don't want to have to, I don't want to have to yeah. talk about another Steve. I don't want to have to talk about you in the same way I talk about him. You've said that to me in the past. And I don't sit still for very long. You know, when we did the community radio show, it was about 12 months. And yeah, but that's that was, what you said. See, for me, that was very cathartic because oh, yeah. having worked on commercial radio for you know, 10, 12 years or whatever it was, and then having a mate go, oh, I've got a community radio show, and I hate community radio. I've got to <laughs> tell you, almost as much as I hate podcasts. <laughs> but um, <laughs> look, it's one of those things. I, 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 Full of wankers. <laughs> <laughs> Can anyone can do a fucking community radio show or a podcast? 
what about real radio announcers? I was a real radio announcer, and and look, it was a, it was a real wank because I, I I my first job was on commercial radio. I never cut my teeth on community radio. Yeah. I never like I was very fortunate that I was ballsy enough to get into a real gig straight away. Yeah, and I always had this thing, and then when you started doing that, I was like, well, you know what? I'm not going to think of it like that because. I'm just going to go out with my mate every Tuesday night yep. and have fun with my mate. So <coughs> I wasn't sort of thinking about it from a point of view of I was I was a retired former radio announcer, <laughs> right? So seeking to regain <laughs> former glories yeah. on community radio. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But, but we would just have conversations where you and I were just cracking each other up, yep. and you but you played some really good music. That was that was one of the other things too. It wasn't because look, I I like to go with the flow. I don't think I'm too smart upstairs, but I like to listen to what other people like, and I, I I'm in tune with that. So um, the music that you played, though, you would pick these strange, you know, um, Chris Cornell or some Pearl Jam thing or something from, you know, out of the vault. Yep. And I'd, be, and I'd be just all like very nineties. I'd I'd be just like wow, you know, like it was it was good fun. I'd get to listen to good music, have a chat with me mate. We'd go home at the end of it. It was it was it was fun. It should have been a number one Australian network program. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> at, the, at the very least, we should have been on Drive on C ninety one point three. At the very least, <laughs> but at the end of the day, it, it look. It wasn't. We we didn't market ourselves like that. We didn't. Uh, we didn't push it. We just. We were having a good time. So, I. Th- that's why I felt that, that was very organic. I don't know whether there was three people or three thousand people listening. No, it wasn't like no I got a rating book or anything like that no. in the old days. But it was. It it helped. That actually did help me because. Once again, I I hadn't been on air for a long time. I'd been doing uh, voiceovers and stuff like that yep. for commercials and television and stuff, but I hadn't actually been on air doing a, a radio program with someone. And true to form, I did no preparation. I'd, <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd rock in five seconds before. Adam would have all the music ready again. He goes, oh, I've got some really great stuff tonight. And we we just... We just fly off each other and just have a good time. And the and the we, amount of times I had, you know, twelve songs ready to go, we play six <laughs> because it was just like I, I'd, I actually got to a point where I'd pick out my favourite six songs at the start, and the rest were just in case I got to well, play. Them. The hilarious thing too was you told me it was going to be a sports show, and the thing was you got <laughs> Mister Andy Sports here who really doesn't know very much about sports, and you've got a sports head there that wants to talk about sports, and so it, it was. It was quite a, f- a fun thing because it was like idiot versus sports aficionado. So, uh, it, look, they, those three or four people that listened, you know, they were they were having a good time. And people loved the show. We had we had hardcore fans. It was, we really it was, did. It was quite funny though because when some of them are still on Facebook with me, yeah, which is like we were just having a good time, and it was just I don't know, it's. I suppose that also helped me too because uh, that was at a time where I, I probably needed that because I, I, I probably wouldn't have accepted to do that, except that it was you. 
Um, but you know the thing is, I, I was talking to Mandy just before we even started. You were off talking on the phone, and the the beauty of that was it was exactly what you said it was. It was two hours a week that I got to hang out with one of my best mates and listen to music and talk shit, and that and that's what it was. And that's regardless. Of, I mean, we can do that. In a social environment, you can do that on a Friday night with a few beers. You can do that on a Saturday afternoon, or you can do it on a radio show. Yes, but going back to what you're doing and what you're trying to achieve is why men can't talk shit and talk about how desperate they are, or how, yeah, yeah. or how devastated they are, or how um, how resolute they are to take their own lives. Because yeah. so many people are sitting there going like, mm, yeah. "I'm just gonna." I'm just going to do it. Yeah. I don't know when, but it's yeah. going to happen because, you know what, my life's just up shit creek. And yeah. And it, it, look, for me, the, look, touching on that, the radio show was um, a couple of hours. I mean, if I'd had the, the worst week at work, it was two hours where, I, and I used to say this to people all the time, it was two hours where I had to stop thinking about everything else. Yeah. So, so number one, I had to focus completely on, trying to keep up with you pressing the buttons <laughs> and then pressing the buttons yeah because you know people don't get you know this isn't a computer operated machine this is literally a man sitting there pressing buttons and controlling knobs doing different things making sure that it is all happening and if you forget stop lose attention lose focus you the the, the show stops you just don't have that luxury to be able to do that so for two hours every week if i'd had a fight with my wife if i'd had a bad day at work, If I, whatever I'd had, I could forget about it for two hours and I got to hang out with somebody for a couple of hours a week. And the, as you say, the conversations were ne- never in depth. Even the conversations we had off air were still quite just surface level, superficial. Chevy, chevy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but, and then again, a lot of that was, some of that was also dominated by this. the, the birth of Upstairs at Fred's happened during that period of time as well. Um, so, but... And I think this is the thing that, hap- touching on what you're saying, you know, so many of us see connection as being, oh, well, I see my mate every Friday night or I see my mate every Saturday afternoon at the pub. But what's happening in that interaction? Is it we're having a beer, talking about the footy and trying to make each other laugh or are we sitting there going, mate, I've noticed this about you. What's happening with you? Where has your mental health? And that's starting to happen more. I think. Well, I think it has to because, like I was saying about the the guy. Well, it's not it's not just him. It you know a lot a lot of fellows that I've started speaking to. Um, that when they actually do start to speak, they're really questioning themselves because of what's happened. Um, around them with people that they care about and people they love. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's part of that self-realisation that um, that you... that you have to sort of take stock of and, and, and think about. And and look, you know, it's... Um, it, 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 it's, a, it's a hard thing. It's like, you know, boys don't cry. That's bullshit, you know. Yeah, I, 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 I think all of those things. It's part of your learning experience. It's part, of, and for me, it's been part of the journey where you got to learn stuff. You got to, you know, three wives down the track. If you haven't learned something from one or two of the other ones, 
um, you're in a bit of trouble third time round. Like you, you have to take from every experience that you have something, so that it doesn't make you a total f- up at the end of the day. If you if if you are that arrogant that you cannot learn things from all those experiences that you've been given, yeah, you're really wasting a lot of time. Arrogance or um, ignorance, maybe as well. I I'm, I'm throw it out there. I Look, definitely think there's some arrogance in some of these behaviours, but just ignorance. You know, as I said to you before, people... Well, well, like you said, like you've actually said about, you know, reading things, listening to different speakers. Yep. You, you do learn a lot of things, so maybe you are uh, ignorant to a point, but I think also, too, because you're overcompensating for um, your anxiety and you're making your personality bigger yeah. and bolder and crazier than what you really, really are, um, then... It's it is more arrogance than ignorance because you're actually just trying to fool everybody by yeah. being something that you're really not. Yeah, I um feel exactly the same way as you do about going to parties, and um I've always had this experience whenever. So you know, at work we've over the years operated on three different floors, and then we've moved to two floors, and now back to one floor, and each time we've made that move, and I've moved floors. I, it's always oh here comes Adam you know here here he comes he's and, the crazy wacky Adam yeah, we all know Adam he's going to shake things up and I'm like no I'm not I'm going to come and do my job <laughs> I, I will be funny and I will be silly but I'm going to be funny and silly because I just kind of get bored with quiet I'm not going to be funny and silly because I'm this wacky zany guy who's going to come in and you know start doing commando roles and and pulling things out of a hat. I'm I'm just going to, at some point, when I get comfortable enough with you and I get bored enough with the silence, I'm just going to actually start doing that. Yeah, but, but it's like it's like people expect this, you know, like because I used to get called in all these, like I've, mum's got so many, because uh, I don't keep them, mum's got so many newspaper clippings yep. from the days, like from, you know, when I was DJing or whatever, wacky and zany. Yeah, wacky yeah. and zany. Yeah, wacky yeah. and zany. Yeah. And actually, one of my ex-wives used to use it as a. It used to be a, a real. Um, it was a, a Mister mi- Wacky and Zany. That, that's that kind of. That's exactly. That's exactly <laughs> how she would say it. So 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 it became um, it became a real like. I'm not wacky and zany. Stop throwing that at me. Oh yeah, you're wacky and zany for the papers, aren't you? You know, like, mm. it's, it's, it's like yeah. So yeah, you got it down. You got it so down to the pat. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it, it was crazy because you're like, yeah, like if I've got to do that for a thing or whatever, that's fine. But no, I don't walk around being Mister Wacky and Zany nah. all the time. It's just, nah. uh, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> Nobody can. <laughs> but. Yeah, it's, it's it's not real. It's it's just bizarre how you're elevated to something that, and, and some of it too is because other people, and you would get this too, because other people look at what you do and just think, wow, yeah, that oh, I could never do that. That's oh, no, I, just... I looked and when I want to do that, like I want to, I took elements, I. 
said it before. I, people will say to me, you know, you're a really good spirit guide. I go, no, I just do a Steve Wisby impersonation. <laughs> and then whenever I MC, I do a Steve Wisby. Oh, yeah. Hello, folks. That's <laughs> how I start. It's a Steve Wisby impersonation. You know, most people don't get it because most people don't know who you are now. Good. <laughs> but it's a, well. Well, my relevance, my relevance has has uh, dissipated, be- mainly mainly because I was never really relevant anyway. Touching on all of that, I've said this to Nathan, and I say it again in this one. The thing that I thought when I first got diagnosed with my depression was that I was special, and I sort of Nathan jokes about it in his podcast that we talked about you know that that i was different i was i was so bad and it was all terrible and i and i joke now that i'm not even like i I talk about the fact that i was a lightweight in the in the mental health world i got a good got the right medication the first time got the right counseling the first time um and what i'm coming to terms with is i wasn't too big i wasn't too small i was just what i was i just it whatever i was i was and that's what i what's what that's what my depression was um, but it still took me three or four years to really get on top of it and get a handle on it. But the thing I'm finding, the more I talk about it, the more people talk about it with me. And and I love it. Like I, I was talking to somebody this afternoon about listening to, pardon me, uh, listening to so Denny Frawley that just passed away, listening to a podcast that he did with Wayne Schwoss. Now, really, you shouldn't actually enjoy listening to a man that's just taking his own life, talking to another man about his mental health issues. But I really enjoyed that. And I'm enjoying these conversations that I'm having people with people now. I'm enjoying the realness of them. I'm enjoying the connections that I'm building with people. And I'm enjoying the fact that if we say to people, this is how I feel, and touching on what you said with the, the fella up here at the long lunch, that people are coming up to us and saying, me too. Yeah, but you know what? That's because they're feeling safe. And that's exactly what we want to do. It's because we're creating an environment where it's not so bad to talk about shit, and, and it's not so it's not so bad to say, "Oh, mate." And look, that I must say that really did that that did move me because this is a guy that I um, I know his wife, yeah, because we've done a lot of business together. Um, I know him from meetings at chambers and stuff like that, yeah. But we're not mates. Yeah. We don't know each other well enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was moved enough to, and you just you just go uh, look. So that goes back to what I said before: how sometimes it just makes you go. But I think the simple answer to him is, you know, mate. And and again, so for me, the the next step. So we we like for example, we just had Are You Okay Day, and I think Are You Okay Day is a fantastic initiative, and I'm not bagging it out in any way, shape, or form. But what happens after the person says, well, no, look, I'm, no, I'm not? <laughs> no, I know, but it's also to that whole thing where we're, we're, we've all spoken about this and there were lots of stupid comments on social media and whatever. It is every day. And yeah. that's that's where, with your podcast and with the stuff that you're doing too, it's, look, it is about us talking about it every day because, honestly, um, you know, I don't talk about this stuff every day. I might... I might, I might um, relate to my partner about certain things i'm definitely not going to tell my kids i've i've recently my son's old enough now he's a absolute pain in the ass but like he's he's 28 and um he has a lot of issues and we've struggled through a lot of issues together um but 
you know, I have been able to speak to him and ask him about things that I would never have in the past thought that um, we could have talked about. Yeah. But I, th- I think it's important. Um, it's still very, it's still very difficult. But I think that um, it gets easier over time, though. Yeah, it, 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 I, I suppose it's a lot easier than it has been in the past. So, um, for me, I've always found the more people you talk to about it, a you realise you're not that special. <laughs> like I always, I thought I was something different, but you start. I, I touch on again. I'm go back to the Nathan podcast, but I touch on something he said where you you talk to a bunch of people and and he goes to AA meetings. You talk to a bunch of people and they don't try and fix you. What they do is they tell you what they did to fix themselves, yeah. and then you get to choose well, what you want out of that. I've always kind of uh, I've had this idea in my head for a little while as well that, and um, I don't know how to properly kind of I don't know if I've even properly even processed the thought, but you are what you tell yourself you are. You know, in disability world, we use what we call person first language. You're not a disabled person; you're a person with a disability. Mm. You're living with a disability. Yeah. So, so. yeah. And and so in that instance, I, I had this conversation with my dad a while back. You know, my dad um, had a history of alcohol use and abuse, and went to AA. And I don't I don't think he still goes to AA meetings, but um, he's been sober for thirty four years. And um, he, I, I asked him the question. You know, do do you consider yourself an alcoholic now, um, or do you, or you just you don't drink anymore? You and 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 to be fair, I can't actually completely remember the the response to the question because it then tangent went off into a tangent and a big thing but i don't think of myself as a person with depression anymore i don't take medication anymore i don't haven't done counseling for about seven years um what i look at myself as is someone and i don't like the term recovery journey necessarily i don't sort of go for that but i look at someone who now manages my wellness hmm. I talk to people when I need to talk to them. I do this. This is good. Which I get. Like this is this is good. You've had me bawling my fucking eyes out. Um, <laughs> you've, you've you've gone through a number of things that I've never spoken to anyone about. Um, I'm I'm feeling like um, if you can come back next week, uh, <laughs> same time, same place. Um, Mate, I, I will do this with you all day, every day. This could really help me. Plus, I don't have to. Bulk bill, or <laughs> you just have to give me no, cakes. But... <laughs> <laughs> did it? Did it? Excite will be nice as well. <laughs> but, um, but but you know, this is, mate, this is part of this process as well. Is is processing that and and saying to people, look, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm fully recovered. What I'm going to sit here and say though is is that I do the things I need to do to manage my wellness. I and and I know that if I if if I find myself in a certain set of circumstances, I'm back there. And and that's just what it is. Like, it won't take a lot. It didn't take a lot the last time. Um, no, but it doesn't because that's the problem. You've got these triggers that that actually smack you in the face. I mean, you know, I, I, uh, for, for 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 me, um, my my I think my next thing really is, you know, we we've, we've, we've got um, very successful business that we've got on the market. I want someone else to take it to the, uh, the next level. I don't want to be stressing over how I can get finance or how I can do mm. this or how I can, you know, I, I know I've put in the hard yards. I know it's a great business. It's an award-winning business. I know for me, I, I can't be here for another five years. No. It's not going to work for me. So that being said, 
I need to then put in my goals. How do we market it to to move it on? How do I buy my next thing? Yep. Whether it's a job with what? a with a company car and a job and a picket fence and, and a whole new life, or whether it's a whole new challenge of creating something new. But it won't be. Um, along the lines of this where it's so all-consuming because it, it's hospitality. Yeah. Um, but I've already come to that realisation. This is this cannot be my future because if it, if it is my future, it is only going to contribute to my mental health issues. Yeah. It's not going to help me get better or get help me with wellness. Yeah. Um, and that's not financial pressures or anything. It's just this... The stress of people's needs and wants of um, you know coming to a hospitality venue, mm. you know, um, we have changed so much as a society as to what we expect and how we treat people that it's not pleasant. You have to have a certain personality, which is not mine. No, a certain personality to be able to cope with the reviews, the Google reviews, the the feedback, just the the average demands of, of people. Yeah. And, and that's that's another thing that I, I think um, affects your mental health because there are so many people that are absolute wits, <laughs> And, you know, sometimes you just like to ignore them, but they don't like to be ignored. So they make it difficult. They understand your triggers. And they want to bring you down and dread on you and make sure that you feel the pain that they're actually feeling. That's one of the reasons. I don't want to be in hospitality anymore. That's a sad thing because all the people that we have problems with have their own problems. Yeah. Yeah. The reviews on Facebook, some of the things you think, <coughs> man, it wasn't like that. Yeah. That didn't really happen. Yeah. But the anger and the hate and the hurt and whatever's going on in their lives, I have to transfer it somewhere. Yeah, it has to go. And then we talk about suicide being in transference of pain. You know, it is whatever pain you're feeling transfers to people you love. You've got to project it out somewhere. And, and sometimes, you know, we've all had situations where you're really hurting and, and you want someone else to just hurt. You know, arguments with the wife where you just take that step too far because I really want to, I just really want to make you feel what I'm feeling right now. Um, and the other example I think of when you think, when you talk about that is, again, um, having a chat with Nathan a couple of weeks ago and talking about, you know, people we went to school with. And we had a, just before, um, just before Steve took his life last year, or two years ago, uh, about four months beforehand, another schoolmate of ours took his life. And um, a similar scenario, you know, looking back on it, he wasn't someone I liked in high school, and he wasn't someone I got along with, and he was a bit of a bit of a dick, to be honest, in high school. But had a really tough father, had a really tough home environment, had a you know, father that was really hard on him and was really taking out a lot of his shit on him. Um, this guy just didn't emotionally develop, had no one to talk to, um, was a bit of a big deal in high school as well, but got out into the real world and wasn't a big deal anymore and took his life. And, 
you know, I, I now look at this guy and I think about all of those people I went to school with who I look back and I go, you were a bit of a bit of an asshole. But I look back now and I go, what were you, what was happening at home? You know, if you were like that at school, what were you, what were you compensating for? What were you dealing with? Mm. What was dad doing to you? What was mum doing to you? What was, what was happening? Um, and I know I now actually feel a bit of, bit of pity for this bloke, and I, you know, again, I wish I could probably go back now and and have a chat to him and just go, and say, how you going, mate? You know, tell tell me what's going on for you. Tell me what your life looked like. You know, and and another friend that I did go to school with, who who fortunately when when Steve took his life a couple of years ago, took that as an opportunity and and a learning experience, as we we're talking about before, as horrible as this learning experience is to actually look at his life and say, no, I've got to make some changes because I'm going to be there. I'm going to be the next one and I don't want to be the next one. I need to make some changes. Need to need to sort out my head. Need to get my head straight. Need to go and, you know. And did the counselling, did the work. And, and that's the, this is a tough part about it. It's, you know, it's like losing weight. It's like rehabbing an injury. It's like anything. It's... There's work involved in being well. You've got to do the work. If you don't do the work, um, if you don't actively, you know, take medication, do the counselling, meditate, be mindful, show gratitude, be have good perspective. If you don't work on that every day, you know, the, the, there's you will potentially end up in the grave, and that's you know evidence. We've got six men a day, hmm. every day. Two women a day, every day. And for every man and woman that do it, you know, we've got, they say, up to 30 more, you know, attempting. Well, mate, I just want to thank you for the opportunity you've given me to, to, to have a chat and to have a ball and, uh, um, you know, be open and honest with you about things. I think... Um, we've got to have a lot more of these conversations. They're not recorded. <laughs> yeah, true. But I, 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 I think that... Um, you know, the more that you get out there and, and talk to people and, and people are uh, comfortable with um, saying the way they feel, the more that we can start these conversations and people will understand that um, we're not all bulletproof, we're not all all these things that people see in the um, the media or, or read about you or, or, or even, you know, the, the judgments that you make by, you know, seeing someone upset up, at a certain point and put them on a pedestal it's just it's silly because yeah. we have the same issues uh, as everyone and we um we all need to to share i suppose to to realize that um that we do have the same infallibility is that the word well fallibilities fallibilities yeah yeah, we're not infallible. We're not infallible. We have fallibilities, that's right. Before we go... Wordsmith, Steve. <laughs> you, you talk for a living, is that right? <laughs> Before we go, do you have anything now, though, that is your go-to, my mental health's a bit shit, this is what I'm going to do to make myself feel better, besides <laughs> besides raiding the bar here at Upstairs at Fred's? I like to do masturbate. Um, <laughs> I knew it. I, I knew. I knew I'd get you on that one. Um, he hasn't had anyone talk about penises on his show or masturbation. So that's that was one of my that 
was one of my keys in the day when I was a star. Made it. You know, always shocking people. I always yeah. say I would have got through my HSC if it yeah. wasn't for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would have got top marks too. You and me both. Jeez, oh, was ma- just... imagine if we'd done it together. <laughs> oh, double the score. <laughs> so, um, no, all, all jokes, all childish and silly jokes aside... <laughs> just ridiculous. <laughs> Back in the day when Adam and Steve were masturbating, um, you know. We're just, uh, what you see now, folks, is just a little glimpse of the doghouse. <laughs> Actually, it was just like, in 1945, Adam was seen masturbating behind a school building. That's right, Steve, and I really loved it. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Japanese bombers came flying down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just craziness and silliness, but that's, you know, that, oh. Look, at the end of the day, um, uh, I, I, I think that uh, my party word should be, um, you know, we, we do need to talk a little bit more. And um, I, I, I do thank you for the opportunity to spill me guts, which is the first time ever. And I will probably never do it with anyone else but you, Adam. So oh. it's like masturbation and I will spill my guts. <laughs> Uh, with no one else but you. Oh, you're the only one I ever want to, <laughs> ever want to do it with either. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Mr. Wisby, thank you so much for your time. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> you say that now. Yeah. yeah, where's the respect in the morning? Yeah. <laughs>